Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Tristan. I'm so happy to welcome you guys to the Novus Podcast. This is a podcast that's going to change your life. I need you guys to watch all the way to the end. But first, hit that subscribe button, share this with a friend, like and comment. Let's get into this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 24 of the Novus Church Podcast, guys. I'm so excited about this episode. I have Grace Rutland, uh, my student mentor in BSSM, also uh, my friend that I've gotten to know over the summer and I just met her in person. Amazing. Um, She just had a baby, like fantastic person. Um, She's really helped me grow in my spiritual journey and uh, really recognize that, like what a true friend looks like. I see it all over Grace. So I'm just excited. I want to go ahead and introduce her to you guys because she's got a word for you that uh, I felt the Lord just said, ask Grace to come on the podcast. I was like, okay, God. So Grace, welcome. Hi. Um, so as Tristan said, I'm Grace. I live in Redding, California. Um, I'm originally from Wisconsin, so I'm a Midwest girl at heart. Uh, my husband's from Michigan, so we're both very Midwest. Um, and as he said, I did recently have a baby, October 5th. His name is Benaya, and he's adorable. He is definitely, um, I fully understand why people say being a mom is a full-time job. Because <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of time and attention and focus. Um, but basically when Tristan asked me if I would want to be on the podcast I was like it sounds really cool but I don't know and and just had to really think through it and also like when he asked I was in a spot of being super overwhelmed by everything of being a mom yeah um so basically everything that I'm going to share is just things that I've been learning as I'm a mom now and things that I've been almost almost parables basically of just things that the Lord's been teaching me through being a mom so it's blessings from a new mom um one of the things that I feel like I noticed initially I know I already told you Tristan about this story but just like there's it's so easy to like talk about the concept of God as our father but then we like substitute that view with how we think he thinks and so we have, there's this, um, this phrase that you are who you think people think you are. And it's not actually how they actually see you. Um, it's just how we think that they think we are. And I think we apply that to the Lord as well in that we respond to the Lord how we think he thinks. But it's not always actually how he thinks. I talk with my hands a lot, by the way, so, <laughs> um, and with that, I've just been, um, basically with Benaya, he will be nursing, and he'll take in a whole bunch of air, and his stomach will get really upset, and so he'll try to keep gulping down more milk, thinking that it'll make his stomach better, or he'll just start screaming, and he won't want to like sit or be anywhere that he should be in order to burp and he just fights it so much and I was like I'm watching him and I'm like this isn't what you need I know what you need and I'm trying to give it to you and I'm trying to help you get there but you think that you need something else um and 
just the parallel of how we interact with the Lord often is we often say, I know I need this, or I have this discomfort, and therefore I'm going to try to comfort myself in this way. Um, and it ends up being this battle between us and the Lord, and then we finally get what we actually needed, and the pain goes away. And then we go to the Lord and we go, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You must be really frustrated or really mad. Um, and the entire time it was like, no, I love you. Like, it's, I, I'm sad to see you in that place. I'm not mad that you're trying to do that. I understand. That's logical. Um, and I have so, I have so much compassion for him in that spot because I'm like, you're in pain and I want to make it better, but I can't because you're fighting me. Um, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him for doing that. Like he's just doing what he thinks will help. Um, and, and I think there's so much, so much compassion that the Lord has for us in seasons where we are struggling in seasons where we're trying to figure out what's going on and how to fix certain things and when things didn't go the way we planned um so that would be my first thing is just like there is so much compassion that the lord has for you and if you are able to see yourself how he actually sees you it would change a lot of your perspective and probably put you at a lot more peace when things don't go the way they're planned. That's lesson number one, compassion. And have compassion for yourself because you're figuring it out. There's so much compassion that's given to new moms, but then it's like, there's so many other things going on in other people's lives. Like give yourself compassion because it's, life is not always easy. Sometimes it can be hard. Um, the next thing, the uh, lesson, um, has been about trust. Trust between the Lord, but then also just, like, trust as a whole. Um, maybe a little bit of TMI, but when you're breastfeeding, uh, baby, you have no way of knowing how much milk they're actually getting. Like, you just, the, you can't, because you can't see it. There's no level, there's no... Um, no way of knowing actually how much milk they're getting and so you don't know until time passes whether or not they're getting what they need they can be satisfied or they can fall asleep or something but until you have this record of time or this time period where things have gone by you don't actually know if they're getting that because you don't know if they're growing and you have to look for the growth and you have to look for um, what's coming out of them which in the form of diapers and you have to just trust that okay if they're having regular diapers okay if they are still gaining weight like they are getting what they need and that's the goal um and so it's been this almost blind trust that i've had to learn and had to sit in it's very frustrating <laughs> but it's also one of those things that can be so similar in our walk with the lord where we're like, okay, I, I read my Bible today, but I don't feel any different. I feel like I just read a piece of scripture. And, um, or I just, I sang one worship song, and I don't know, I don't see anything happening. But then as you continue on with these habits and continue on with these things, you then get to look back and go, oh my gosh, I've grown so much. Or, wow, my language has changed and I'm talking differently. Or I'm noticing that I'm talking with the Lord more than I was. 
before and you just slowly see these growth this growth happen and you go okay what I'm putting in must be actually enough for me or at least at the very least causing me to grow and it's that trust with the Lord of he will he will help us um, to continue to grow and and when we put in the effort and we go and feed ourselves in the Lord we will see that growth even if it is minuscule at this point and to be honest I'm saying this as one who has not been great at reading her Bible lately partially because I'm a new mom um, and partially just because I haven't disciplined myself recently to do it um, but when I compare the newborn clothes that my baby was in to the clothing that he's in now he's two months old and he is nearly grown out of three month clothing because he's too long for it um, and I'm like he's obviously growing he's obviously doing great he's happy he's smiling he's growing he's getting stronger um, so lesson number two trust even when it's fine and just wait because as you wait and you continue doing what you're doing you're going to see the growth and you're going to see the change lesson number three humility um chris vallison recently shared a message um and at the end of the message he was talking about um how he wanted everyone to take a moment with the lord that week um and just ask him if there were areas where you're walking in rebellion or just not listening to authority or not doing some of the things that you needed to be doing um and for anyone who knows me i love like i love to um be my own person and i like to make my own decisions and so when somebody says don't do that my initial instinct is i'm doing it <laughs> um especially when it comes to physical challenges or like no don't climb that it's not safe or no don't go that way i'm like i'm going that way i'm exploring i will see what is out there and um and then i also have the opposite so if you tell me to do something and i don't really want to do it i just don't do it um and i go and i have all these logical reasons why i'm not doing it i did this to my husband a ton during my pregnancy where he would be like, hey, take your prenatals. And I'd be like, no, it makes me nauseous if I take them on an empty stomach, which is logical. But at the same time, I was also just like making excuses because I could have eaten something or could have done something else. And I just was lazy, which is just plain. That's what it was. But um, we had our birth class and they were telling us all these exercises that we should be doing. And, and so I came home and I'm like, Colin, can you help me remember to do these things? And he's like, yeah. But then like, as we were talking, uh, it, he ended up sharing about how he didn't actually like reminding me of anything because I wouldn't do it. So he would tell me like, hey, do this. And then I would be like, no, whatever. Um, and I told him that what I wanted was to be pestered and told, hey, this is what you need to do. Um, and like, no, do it. No, do it. Um, and he was like, no, I can't do that. And I won't do that because I'm not your parent. I'm your husband, not your parent. And so I'm not going to treat you as if I'm your parent. Um, and that was like huge, like, oh, shoot, that is what I was asking you to do. 
and that's not who I want you to be in my life. Um, and then also like learning, I'm actually not building trust with my husband and I need to step into humility and say, if I'm asking you to do something, I need to honor when you do it um, rather than, and step into that humility with him rather than just sticking to my independence and my desire to do my own thing and be my own person and um and ignoring the inner part of me that says no I don't want to but actually going no actually honoring and walking in humility means more to me um so that was like had happened before the Chris Valentin message and then when he shared that I was like reminded of that and then I was like okay and and I took a moment while nursing the night, one, um, in the middle of the night, one of the nights, where I was just like, okay, God, are there other areas that I need to work on this? Because I'm still working on it with my husband and getting better. But, um, but I wanted to know if there were other areas. And the Lord was convicting me because he was saying, you're asking for advice on all of these things with Benaya and asking for help because things aren't working. And yet you're not taking the advice been given to you already which also parallel with the lord oftentimes he will tell us to do things and then we don't do them and then we go wait i'm not hearing your voice and he's like well what did i just tell you to do <laughs> um and so there's been a lot of me stepping into humility then even with those things when it's like i think i know what is right but actually if I'm asking for help and advice, I need to take that help and advice rather than just going, nope, that's not right because I don't think it's right. Um, granted, there's lines with that, obviously, but yeah. And then the fourth one uh, has been maintaining focus. And this one has been really hard because I am a mom and I have a newborn who needs 24 seven, um, seven, seven days a week all the time. And so in essence, I do have to give him most of my attention. Um, and yet at the same time, I'm supposed to maintain locked eyes with the Lord while taking care of Benaya and not spend such a journey, like such a hard thing to navigate because I'm like my priority needs to be God my husband my child um and yet when my child is screaming I need to take care of my child before I give my husband attention um and vice versa when my child is screaming it's very hard to have this moment with the Lord where I go God you're so beautiful I love you um but at the same time my attention diverts to Benaya. And so um, I was very frustrated one night and had just put him down and we'd had multiple nights of rough sleeping and not as great foods and stuff. And so I've been really tired lately. And so this last week, I was just kind of laying out a lot of my frustrations to the Lord. Um, over just how everything has gone because a lot of things haven't gone how I expected them to. Like I, um, my labor ended up being 44 hours total. Active labor was only like three and a half hours, but 
because my water broke and my labor didn't progress. I was in the woods for so long. I was exhausted afterwards. Um, I tore a little bit, didn't have to get sewn up, but still tore. Um, and still now the tear still hasn't quite healed, which it should have already. So I might have to go get that taken care of. Um, and then he was born with a tongue and lip tie. And so we had to get that revised and nursing has been such a struggle and I have an oversupply. So he gets a little lo milk logged is what we call it instead of waterlogged. Um, and so he's been struggling to nurse without taking a bunch of air because it just comes too quickly for him now. And so just the whole journey of figuring it all out and all of the things that are unusual and don't happen all the time, and yet I'm having to walk through them and the frustration with that and just going, well, what the heck? Why? Like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't, um, I'm having trouble seeing the goodness and all of the frustration. And there's still emotions behind that because it's still frustrating. But going through all of that and last week was just laying it out before the Lord and just saying, hey, I'm really frustrated that all of this has happened. Um, and actually just being real with the Lord because he loves it when we're real with him. And at the end, he was like holding my shoulders and trying to get me to look at him. And um, I often will have times where if I'm really frustrated or really stressed or overwhelmed, I'll sit and I'll like lock eyes with the Lord and just like let his peace come. And so I could tell that the Lord was trying to do that. And I'm like trying to look at him and I couldn't keep eye contact. I kept looking over my shoulder, which um, where I was, it was like looking at the Nile. And so I'm just constantly, my, my thoughts and my attention kept turning towards the Nile. And, um, and the Lord was just like trying to get my get my attention and get my focus um and I was so frustrated and I was like Lord I can't I can't focus on you because I'm so focused on the Nile and I saw Jesus like pick up the Nile and say I've got him um and then it was like after that moment and he like literally just walked out of the room with the Nile and it was like um basically just giving me the ability to just like okay I'm, I'm here with you Lord and like this refocusing of of turning my attention to the Lord and letting those things go because it'll be what it'll be and that's just how it's gonna go. <laughs> um, and I was talking with a friend yesterday and she was just saying how she had been realizing that she had put some put this event as an idol in her life and she was constantly talking about everything's going to be sorted after this event I just need to get to this event to this moment um, and then everything's going to work out and all of that will be sorted and just so focused on this one day and making that happen that it ended up becoming an idol in her life and I was just realizing that like we will say like, oh, I need to focus on the Lord, um, or I'm focusing on doing this. But in in reality, like, your focus is just, like, a non-Christian's way of saying, what's your idol? Because whatever you're focused on is going to be where you're going to go and what you're going to think about and what you're going to 
um, to work towards or to do uh, the the scripture Philippians 4.13 came to mind, um, or 3.14, sorry, mixed up the numbers. Um, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And there's just that aspect of, of pressing on toward your goal and keeping your focus on your goal and whatever your goal might be, which should be the Lord and towards the call of God. Um, making sure that your focus is on that and then the other things come second because I know that as I love the Lord I will also love my kids I will love my husband um, and just making sure that my focus really is on the Lord and it is on like everything that comes with that but then also being available to my kids being available to my husband um, and making sure that not only is my priority of the Lord taken care of, my priorities with my family are also taken care of. So just to recap, have compassion for yourself. Compassion. The Lord has so much compassion for you, even more than you could ever imagine. Always. Um, I don't even think he needs an I'm sorry from us half the time. I think the moment of us coming to him and just saying, I was wrong or this didn't work out. Um, I think he just loves the turning to him. Like even if it isn't even this vocal of just turning to him um, and then trusting that, that he's going to work it all out. You're going to grow. You're, things are going to get easier. Things are going to get better. Um, I now can look back and say, wow, nursing has gotten so much better because it used to be brutal. Um, but in the moment, I had so many points where I genuinely didn't think it was ever going to get good. Like, I just had zero hope for it at all. Um, and yet, it's gotten better and it will continue to get better so trust um and then he walk in humility if you're asking for advice take it because <laughs> obviously whatever you're doing isn't working <laughs> so even if you think you know what's better or what's best um just take that advice and walk in humility with the lord especially because he does know what's best and then keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's, that's what I got. Those lessons from a new mom. So good, Grace. I just feel like as you talk, just so much peace just come over me. And I think it's like, because you're like imparting that peace that you get when you lock eyes with God like that. And um, we were talking before. And before we get into your testimony, I wanted to ask you, how did you learn how to, how did you learn to encounter God in that way? Um, I don't know, would be the short answer. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, like, basically until coming to BSN, I didn't know that I had had, had been already encountering specific ways mm. uh, 
because they were a part of my normal. And so when you've always done something, you don't think it's a part out of the normal until you talk to somebody and they're like, wait, what, you do that? <laughs> um, and so I like, I've, I don't know. I grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. So this will kind of segue into my story a little bit. Okay. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. And so the Lord has always been a part of my life and talking to him and interacting with him. And I have like a beautiful imagination um, at Bethel, sometimes they talk about your sanctified imagination and how you can encounter the Lord through that um, and like have guided encounters or just encounters with the Lord. And so I, um, when I was young, I would close my eyes and I would picture myself with the Lord and we would go on journeys or the Lord would just encounter me in that way. Um, it's hard to tell what's what's me and what's him sometimes, but just trusting that like if it lines up with the word and it lines up with his character um it was probably the lord and just not overthinking it because overthinking can be brutal but i would i would just close my eyes and go places with him so there was one time where he took me into the depths of the ocean where we can't get um and it was bright and there were like different colors that we hadn't seen. I hadn't seen and just like crazy things like that. Um, and then there was one time um, where I, this one's probably one of the most significant ones for me. I saw myself coming to the Lord and like in his throne room and I was on my knees and I had my head down um, and I was like crying um, and he walked out to me and he lifted my chin and he's like, you don't, you don't put your head down. When you're in my presence, you lift your head because of who you are. Um, and to this day, I still, when I worship, I kind of tilt my chin up just because there were moments after that where I'd be in worship and I'd have my head down and the Lord would be like, no, lift your chin, lift your head, lift your head um, and look at me. Um, and so just multiple encounters like that that I didn't realize were unusual, but basically I would close my eyes and I literally just picture Jesus or the Lord or whatever in front of me. Um, and I just, I just look at him. Um, I don't know that I have a picture, like an actual picture of a human. It's more of a shadowy figure, not in a negative way, but just like, <laughs> um, Probably semi similar to some of the photos that you would see, but but I just I don't know. I just close my eyes and imagine it, and have those moments with the Lord. Okay. Um, what? Um, that's so good. Okay. So would you? I, I don't know how I learned it. I just did it. Right. Would you say that's? I get that. Um, I was so that weekend when we were graduating, uh, we did a little uh, small group kind of thing at, um, uh, Melissa and I niece's house. This is, uh, people were in school with us, but so it was amazing. I feel like my eyes were reopened to the spirit realm because I, we were all praying in tongues and like, it was like fire in the room. You know, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, God, you're amazing. But, uh, I saw, I, at first, so there was a hallway over here and then everybody's in the living room. And I saw, I, I like, it was like, I blinked 
So I closed my eyes to pray. And when I opened, I saw something standing in the hallway and it was like a, a knight kind of thing holding a sword. And I didn't know what it was. And I was like, okay. So I blinked again. And it was gone. I was like, okay, Lord. And I just began to pray and pray and pray. And I felt the Lord tell me to go into the, uh, the other living room. So there's two living rooms right next to the kitchen. And I, uh, oh, I just, okay. So I go into the kitchen and the Lord hits me and I fall to the ground and I'm like, whoa, okay. And I'm praying and I'm praying in the spirit, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing these, these beings just standing in a circle around me and Papa Ray, you know, Ray, he comes over and just starts praying for God to come over. But, but he also said, surround him with your angels, Lord, to guard him. And it was interesting because I believe that's what God was already doing. And you know, I was seeing that, you know, and now I just had another prayer event. So I, I just left a church that I've been serving at and I just stepped as soon as I got home from graduation. But I went to this new, we were having church. It's like a church launch. It's called local church, uh, but we were having it at the pastor's house. And it was like, we were, I, they asked me to play guitar and to just sing in the spirit. And I was like, okay, this is weird for me. I haven't done this in forever. Cause I got taken off the stage at my old church and I was just nervous, but I felt the Lord tell me, no, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, God. So I do that. And right when I began to sing, I saw just a pillar of fire, like hit the room. And I was like, whoo, this is like day of Pentecost fire right now. I was like freaked out, <laughs> but it was good because I saw that fire begin to bounce around the room. My friend, Jordan, uh, who everybody knows, Jordan is our creative lead for Novus, this uh, thing that I do here. Uh, he he began to receive his spirit language after we were praying over him. So it was just fantastic. Like, and the amount of peace and kindness and love that was just came over me was incredible. You know, um, I don't think I've ever, I, well, I have experienced that, but I don't think I've ever experienced it like in a home environment like that, other than when I was in Reading, you know? So it's just incredible how like we could go into those encounters, which we, led uh that happened to be us sim dylan or we had what was her name louise led us through an encounter uh in the spirit and i saw the lord uh, it wasn't like a physical like you said but it was so it was weird like, he took me by the hand and sat me down i remember sharing uh, did i share this with you i believe i did but the lord so i asked him like what do you want me to do and i heard i heard him say rephrase that question and i said Okay. And then he said, what are we going to do? And I said it. And he said something crazy. And that's, that's just so exciting for me. So I love hearing about those, those encounters because the Lord, he does speak to us in that way. That, uh, how'd you say, uh, Bill says it, he says, uh, sanctified imagination. Like it's so good. I don't know if Bill says it or just they say it. In they say it. Everyone's. Yeah. I think I've heard Bill say, it, but maybe not. So let me not quote him like that. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, how, how do you know, so you're talking about your friend that, uh, realized that she made something an idol that she, in her life. Um, how do we recognize that? How, like, how do you recognize when you've made something an idol? I think if you watch what you think about, mm -hmm. you'll realize what's, what your focus is on. Cause your, your subconscious and, and your, your thoughts are going to go towards whatever you're looking at and going to go towards whatever you focus on. Um, this is like super random, but I would like when I was, um, I would play like Candy Crush. 
Yeah. I would close my eyes to go to sleep at night, and that's what I would see in oh. my mind's eye was like Candy Crush, and I was like, mm, I might be a little addicted to this right now, and <laughs> knew that it was like okay if. Like at that point, it was just, there was so much in my thought process that was going towards wanting to do that and towards doing that. Like that's a very simple thing. I don't know that I made Candy Crush an idol. Yeah. But a lot of my focus and attention was naturally drifting towards that. And I think that's the same with the Lord where um whatever your your attention and your focus is naturally drifting towards, it's going to going to show you what um what's what's your priorities and what's your idols in your life so super good so now we've answered those questions i'd love to get into your testimony of how you met the lord I, you said you grew up in the church so i just like yeah so i grew up in the church i have um a big family i'm the second youngest of seven so there's a lot of us around um and i i feel so blessed to like i don't think there was a time where i didn't know how to hear the lord's voice um, it's just kind of always been a part of my life my mom did um hearing god workshops and so i would um be praying and prophesying over people since i was like 12 so it's just kind of been normal for me um and I've always had a very, very intense conscience, I guess you could say. Um, maybe conviction would be a better word. Um, where, like, I was little and I stole candy from my siblings. And I um, felt so bad about it that I went to my mom and told her and, like, on myself. Um and was like bawling my eyes out as I'm like, I don't get it for my siblings. Um, and, and so that's just kind of been my life of just knowing that I, I am set apart for the Lord. Um, I went through a phase where I, like most teenagers, where you just want to fit in with the crowd. And so just had like some more rough times, um, had some, like struggled with some emotional stuff and tried to be a part of the emo crowd but at the same time had the joy of the lord not sure how i thought that would work um didn't last very long <laughs> uh and i think it was i went to a summer camp and there was a point where um they were asking for people to rededicate their lives or to de dedicate their lives to the lord and i decided to do that and I think that was probably the first time that I chose it for myself like beyond just I know that the word exists and that he loves me I talk to him all the time beyond that it was I, I'm choosing to follow him um, and since then I like that was like a really huge turning point for me where I started to um, embrace the joy that I actually had and not just trying to be a part of a crowd um, and stepping out and knowing even if I don't have a friend that's going to this breakout session, I'm going to go to it because I want to go to it. Um, and just embracing myself and embracing the Lord. Um, and that was when I was like 15. Um, I have definitely always 
had a close relationship with the Lord, but like that is probably my official turning point. I did so many things. I um, I ended up going on a mission trip to Swaziland, Africa when I was 16, and I loved it. I love Africa. I want to go back again. Um, and I ended up when I was 18, going and doing YWAM DTS, a discipleship training school. Um, and I did that in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, and then my outreach was in Thailand. So I literally lived in Thailand for two and a half months doing mission stuff, which is amazing. And when I think about it now, I'm like, holy crap, I lived in Thailand for two and a half months. That's actually insane as an 18-year-old. That's craziness. Um, and I flew to Africa alone as an 18-year-old also craziness um but I did it and it was amazing and I had so much fun and we had so many crazy things happen um just from like when we were in Thailand we had a um we had a like a Buddhist school that was at a temple invite us to come teach English there knowing that we were believers um, and so, like, just wild connections that happened where we were just invited places that, in all logicness, like, logic, we shouldn't have been there, or we shouldn't have been welcomed in, but we were. Um, and it was super fun. We ended up going to university and meeting these, um, these women who were studying English, and so we were helping them with their English homework and their grammar and stuff, and they ended up being able to come to church and stuff, and um I'm still Facebook friends with some of them I'd love to see them again who knows if it'll ever happen but and then like when I was in South Africa at one point um like the protection of the Lord is crazy I was traveling with another girl we were um I was going to Swaziland again because I still had friends who were missionaries missionaries there so I decided to go there for a week or two after I finished my discipleship training school, because I was like, I'm so close. I might as well go. It's literally a country over. Um, and so we went from Cape Town to Johannesburg on a bus, and we took a, like a Greyhound-type bus. And we had all of our stuff. She was moving to Swaziland, so we had all of her life on that bus. Um, and so we stopped in the middle of the night, and it's like, it's a night one. We stopped in the middle of the night at a gas station and they were like, say, okay, you have 20 minutes. And so we're like, okay, great. We go, we go to the bathroom, we kind of linger a little bit. We come out and the bus is gone. And we're like, what the heck? Neither of us have a tel like a phone. We don't have anything. We left our stuff on there. I had my passport, but she left her passport on there. Um, I left my iPod in the pocket of the seat in front of me, like visible. And it was just craziness. Um, and we had like our stuff on the bus. And so then there was another bus from the same company. And we explained to them like, hey, this is what happened. Can we use your phone? We ended up calling. They decided that we would go on the bus that we were at because they were just two hours behind the other one. And so then the other one stopped at the next stop to wait for us. And so we get back on the bus. And legit, there's this one lady who had asked us for a cigarette and we didn't have any. And she just looks at us and smirks as if she thought it was so funny that we had missed the bus. But we got on and all of our stuff was still there. There was nothing taken. Um, 
the lady who had been sitting next to me just kind of smiled at me and looked at me and I'm like you knew I wasn't here <laughs> like what uh it was just crazy though but we ended up making it out of the bus nothing was taken we were totally fine totally protected but we were in the middle of South Africa in at a gas station stuck and we ended up making it which is just wild um but yeah so I've it's been a fun journey with the Lord um I ended up coming and doing Boost Ascend and that's why I'm in writing I um after doing a discipleship training school I wanted to do something that um would incorporate that biblical study because I love I'm just fascinated by it um, and I had come to visit a friend who was doing first year of BSSM and ended up finding out that they go through a textbook called Grasping God's Word and they'd learn to study the Bible. And I was like, that's what I want to do and came back home and really wanted to come. Um, and I waited to see if the desire would fade. It didn't. I applied. Um, I had an interview and I legitimately told the guy and I was like, hey, I don't know if I want to be there. I do, but I don't. I could go either way. I'm in a place where I could either plant myself here or I could move there. Either is fine with me, whatever the Lord wants. And he's like, okay, that's a little strange, but okay. Um, and at the end, I asked him when I would find out if I was accepted or not. He's like, usually within like three to four weeks. Um, I talked to friends and they were like, yeah, we found out in like two weeks. And um, two days after I interviewed, I was talking with the Lord and I said, okay, if I get accepted, I'll go. And within an hour of that conversation with the Lord, I got my acceptance notice. Um, within hours of that, I had, um, I talked to my friend and she was like, hey, do you want to live with us when you're out here? So I had housing figured out. Um, and it's pretty much just pack up and move and buy a bed when we get there. Um, and then on top of that, a month before I got there, my roommate was like, hey, I have an extra twin mattress that if you want to use the bed for the year, you can use it. And so I had everything figured out and it was literally just stick your stuff in a car and drive across the country and that's it. Um, and so it was very clear, boom, 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 boom. I was like, okay, you are confirming. This is what I'm supposed to do. And here I am. <laughs> so that's a little that, bit of my story. That is incredible. Um, I, I remember when I first applied for BSM online, I kind of had the same feeling I waited for the like the desire to go away did not and my mom said Tristan you need to focus on other things going to college and I was like okay mom well I'm gonna apply here my, my she didn't think I was gonna get accepted and then my dad goes watching and then I got accepted the Lord except like I got as soon as I landed in Tennessee I got accepted to BSM had a job immediately and then it was just like everything just started to line up you know my parents got a house that was just incredible, you know, um, it was, God's so good. Um, well, Grace, it was such an honor. I know you got to get going. Would you mind uh, praying for everybody? Sure. Jesus, thanks for being good and being faithful, um, even when we can't see it. Mm -hmm. I ask that you would just overwhelm everyone with peace um, and your compassion. to keep our eyes on you, keep our eyes locked on you, but also to learn what it looks like to keep our eyes on you, but also to to honor our priorities in life. Yeah. Thanks.